back to the podcast. I'm your history host Ranjit and you're listening to The Long History Short. Now some of you may have noticed that the name of the podcast has changed from The Big Story to The Long History Short and there's a little bit of a story to that. So I got feedback from some interested listeners and uh, a big thank you to all of them for sending their inputs, suggestions and feedback to me. And it was more about the fact that some of the other podcasters were already using the big story. And so when someone was running a Google search for my podcast, it was getting a bit confusing. Also, there was some feedback about the big story being more suggestive of a journalistic kind of podcast, which this is not. This is for bringing you volumes of history, tons of material information that's there in books and libraries and making it easy and interesting for you to listen to history in a 15-20 minute episode. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and keep it at 15-20 minutes at the most. Sometimes I may go a little over that if the topic's too interesting and too big, but I'll try and break it down into episodes wherever possible and really make it a more interesting experience for you. So today we're going to talk about a very interesting personality from ancient Indian history and I have been personally working on this particular topic for the last few years I have been reading researching trying to find every material that's available about this person because his life and his work is so intriguing that uh, one can't just help you know finding more information and sharing it with others and this person left behind for us historical evidence of our most ancient times in fact his script is the one that we find right after the harappans and there has been no other script that has been found in between the harappans and his time i think you know the person i'm talking about i'm talking about the emperor ashok and he was ruling a large part of the indian subcontinent somewhere in the 3rd century before the common era For those of you who still get confused with common era and before common era let me just simplify it again so before these terms came into circulation historians used to generally use the convention of calling a certain period ad or anno domini which means the year of the lord so this was the period considered after jesus christ was born and then there was this entire period of events that was considered before christ going into the 20th century probably later part of the 20th century historians began to use a more secular a more neutral convention which is common era instead of ad and before common era instead of bc now coming back to our topic which is ashok he is made interesting by several facts one of which is what we just spoke about the edicts that he left behind the historical evidence that he left behind for us and he did a great job of inscribing some of his very important thoughts ideas about running his country and he left these ideas these thoughts on large stone surfaces as well as beautifully crafted stone pillars and a lot of these have actually survived right into our times so a lot of these monuments even today stand tall in the places where they would have been during ashok's period so what are these edicts that we are talking about edict as a term in a very strict dictionary sense means a royal decree or a royal order or set of instructions that appear usually on stone tablets or they could also appear on other medium 
and these are generally issued by kings for people to know what kind of laws exist in their land um some kings also have used edicts to recount some of their own heroic feats about how they have defeated certain kings or how you know they have brought certain rulers to their knees and then kings have used it also to sort of equate themselves with divinity some going even as far as comparing themselves to the gods above but that's where ashok's edicts differ from these typical edicts and uh, it's out of a need for convention that we call them edicts otherwise they are more like messages that ashok is issuing to his people he is basically sharing a lot of his own thoughts on these rocks and these pillars and he's telling people his own story of transformation he's telling people to follow some of you know the things that he has adopted recently he talks to different sorts of people as well his audience ranges from the subjects of his kingdom to the officials or governors of the provinces where these edicts are planted and also sometimes to the heads of the monasteries or viharas of the buddhists ashok's edicts are typically classified as minor edicts major rock edicts and pillar edicts and if you are an avid history reader you'll be familiar with these terms from ashok's history but even if you're not it's a good idea to know these terms because in the course of narrating his history i might inadvertently use some of these terms so let me explain what these terms are ashok's earliest edicts are usually known as the minor edicts and these are a small set of instructions small set of messages and even some of it sounds more like he's trying to share his early beginnings as a lay follower of the buddhist dhamma ashok talks about how he has now adopted the dhamma what kind of changes does he see around him in society he's also telling his district officials to spread his message far and wide and then there are also some minor edicts where he talks to the buddhist monks and tells them what kind of buddhist texts they should be particularly reading so these are known as the minor edicts and in the forthcoming episodes i'll of course get into more detail of the content of these edicts this was followed by the major rock edicts which were issued somewhere in the 12th year of his rule and the major rock edicts are called major because they usually come in a set of 14 and in most places you see the same set of 14 edicts that are repeated again these are inscribed on very large stone surfaces on large boulders and these are much better engraved the quality of engraving is definitely better than what we see in the minor edicts and these are about what dhamma means to ashok and he talks about how he has actually created a new position in his administration known as the dhamma mahamatras so these are governors who are expected to ensure that his idea of administration which is largely based on the dhamma's principles is being followed in all the provinces the major rock edicts also contain the most famous edict the one because of which we know ashok as a king who transformed from being a military and political ruler to a pacifist ruler and that is the kalinga edict the kalinga edict by far the most famous ashok edict 
gives us a very specific description of what kind of destruction actually occurred during the war of kalinga and again i'm going to talk in a lot more detail about this one later on but this is part of the major rock edicts so is uh, also a edict which has puzzled historians which replaces the kalinga edict particularly in the regions where this destruction may have occurred so when we go to orissa present day odisha and we look at ashoka's edicts they actually do not contain the kalinga edict because odisha is very much the place where kalinga used to exist and in that place instead of the kalinga edict we find edicts where ashok tells his administrators to treat the people of kalinga as his own children the major rock edicts are followed by what are known as the pillar edicts and as the name suggests these were edicts that were inscribed on the faces of 40 to 50 feet tall pillars and these pillars again were capped by really beautiful animal capitals one of which and the most common one the lion capital is now in fact the national symbol for india the pillar edicts unlike the major rock edicts sound a lot more introspective where ashok actually questions the true meaning of the dhamma he also recounts all that he tried to do during his lifetime for the dhamma he also refers to certain things that people understood certain things that people probably misunderstood about his intent and his actions so it's almost like reading off the pages of his diary and perhaps the very last pages of his diary because in 5 to 10 years after this ashok is supposed to have passed away the legends of course make his entire story a lot more interesting and most people know a bit of the legends and a bit of what comes from the edicts because the legends have never gone into detail about his edicts they have never talked about the kalinga war all of that we actually know from his edicts and not from the legends so in the forthcoming episodes i hope you're going to enjoy the series where i take you on a journey with ashok with his edicts and with his philosophy of the dhamma so please send me your questions feedback suggestions on a voice message on the anchor app or you could write to me at lhs with ranjit at gmail.com yes that's lhs with ranjit at gmail.com and i'll try to respond to your questions in the forthcoming episodes until then goodbye and keep listening keep exploring